and lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Hi there. Uh, this is Lit with Lloyd, and I am Lloyd. Uh, and today, thanks to KCAT, uh, my author that I'm going to interview is somebody that many of you might already know personally. His name is Joshua Russell, and he is indeed my son. So let me welcome you, Josh. Uh, it is a, a pleasure to have you uh, here today. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, Dad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask the most important question first. How does it feel to have grown up with such great parents? <laughs> Boy, I'm glad you asked that And question. take your time. We got 30 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad because uh, that's what really what I wanted to talk about <laughs> instead of the book. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, was, sure, it sure was something, something, something special. <laughs> All right. All right. But let's now get to it. Yeah. All right. So you wrote a children's book. You've actually written two. We'll get to that. But you got one that was published, which is... Little Boy Sue. First of all, and of course, some of these answers I already know, uh, tell us uh, about your kids, how old they are, and how old they were when you wrote the book. Sure. So uh, I have two kids. I have a daughter, Haley, who is just turned 17, and Ryan, who is 13. So when I first wrote it, and I'll give you a little bit of context about how Great. the whole idea came about. And I think, and Ryan and I were talking about it on the way over here. And I think he must have been maybe five or six when the whole sort of the the idea started germinating. But um, what would happen is every time I drove the kids anywhere in the car, they would ask me to tell them a story. And uh, I'd started telling them stories with you know, like fairy tales and and that kind of thing, right? And then they wanted new stories. And so, and they wanted stories with bad guys and they wanted stories. <laughs> so like all their requests started getting a lot more specific and they'd say, dad, tell us a new story, bad guy story, no book, you know, all these. So, uh, so I went through eighties movies. I would tell them, you know, the story of the karate kid and I'd tell them the story of, uh, from better off dead and other, you know, eighties movies. And then they would just want more stories, more stories. And so one day kids and I were watching, Princess Bride, which of course we saw in the movie theaters, I remember. And we're watching The Princess Bride and I'm watching it and I see Andre the Giant, you know, as Fezzik. And it like my kind of a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I have this whole catalog of WWF wrestlers because I, as, as you know, I grew up a diehard professional wrestling fan. Yes, I know. So I was watching, <laughs> so I'm watching Andre the Giant. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I have the, all these characters, good guys, bad guys. I'm just going to start bringing them into my stories with the kids. And so I would tell them stories like, dad, tell us a bad guy story. No book. I go, okay. Okay. I go, oh, I got a good one. So one day Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were at Great America and Hulk Hogan bought a churro and he and Macho Man were walking, you know, to the Ferris wheel and all of a sudden the million dollar man came and stole his churro. And then they, you know, they chased the million dollar man all around uh, great America and these rides. And, and so every story had different wrestlers 
uh, incorporated. And, um, and so Ryan was especially interested and he'd, he'd say, Hey, can you show me pictures of the wrestlers? So I'd show him pictures and then he wanted to see videos of the wrestlers. So I showed him videos. And then, um, I decided to buy a box of action figures, like the old, the really thick plastic wrestlers. And I bought a box off eBay and, um, and it was like, it came. And when I opened up the box, it was like this just wave of nostalgia, all these figures that I played with when I was a kid. And so, you know, gave them to Ryan and he started playing with them in the bath. It was like his ritual. He'd bring them in the bath and he'd play with them. And when I was giving him a bath, we would play wrestlers together. And, um, and it became this really kind of special connection of this ritual of bath time. And kind of this, you know, like there's no outside distractions. There's no electronics. There's no, it's just, you know, being creative, playful in the bath. And then this combination of these toys that were so important to me as a kid. Now I'm playing with them with my kid. And it was like this really cool feeling. And so, um, and so I remember just like laying in bed one day, just wanting to have this sort of creative outlet. So I, I wrote a couple of, at the time they were more like poems. And, um, I wrote one, this sort of ABC book, like ABCs of hoops. And then I wrote this other book that, um, that I called little boy soup. And it was about the, the concept was, you know, a father giving his son a bath and playing with the toys that the father played with as a kid. And so I had very specific toys in there and it was just, you know, I just sort of wrote it cause I needed to get it out, you know? And so I wrote it and I put it on my nightstand and, you know, fast forward maybe a year and a half, two years later. And I was at a literary event in Los Gatos that you put together and was just talking, chatting up this guy next to me. And we were talking about books. And I said, you know, I feel like as a, as a dad, there just, there aren't that many children's books that were written for dads. You know what I mean? To read to their, their kids. And he's like, yeah, I agree with you. You know? So I was like, yeah, you know, I've written some for fun. And he's like, oh, you should send it to me. Like, I mean, okay, sure. <laughs> and he handed me his business card and he happened to be a, a own a publishing company in Southern California uh, called balcony seven. So, so I sent him an email. I sent him the little boy soup and the ABCs of hoops and said, you know, nice to meet you. Here you go. And heard nothing for about nine months. And then all of a sudden he called me up out of the blue and said, I want to talk to you about little boy soup. And so that's how that, that came about. Wow. Uh, so he ended up publishing your book. Mm -hmm. Uh, how long did it take to get out in print and also tell us by working with a smaller publisher, what does the publisher do for you? And what did you have to do to get the book published and, and ready to go. Yeah. So there, there were a ton of elements to it. And I mean, first of all, it was, you know, writing the manuscript. And, and like I said, I had very specific toys in there. And I mean, Andre the Giant was in there and Hulk Hogan was in there and GI Joes were in there and little pink muscles and um, the, the figurines, you know, um, and what else? I had specific superheroes in there. I mean, I had like toys that I played with as a kid, transformers and stuff. And so, and they said, you know, it shouldn't be a problem having the names of the toy. We'll just have to reach out to the, 
you know, the toy companies, Mattel and Disney and just get approval. So, you know, so anyway, they reach out and basically rejection across the board from every, <laughs> except for muscles, which I don't know, they must've been made by some, you know, rinky dink company. They gave the approval and everyone else said no or no response. So then we had to pivot. And essentially I had to, if you remember, yep. rewrite it yep. to be more generic toys. Yeah. Um, and so, and then it was like, I had it kind of written for a certain age, a little bit of an older age and they wanted it for a younger age. So I had to not just rewrite it to make it generic, but then rewrite it kind of a different, younger voice. So went through that process. And then what they said to me is you need to find an illustrator. So to answer your question, that's not, they didn't provide illustrators. So I was like, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe I can like hire some, you know, kid to draw. It'll be like kind of cool kid drawings, but that wasn't a good idea. So I, I probably interviewed 10 different illustrators and I was looking for people kind of local. And I mean, I remember meeting with one person and she's like, oh, I'm kind of interested. And, you know, it's the uh, base price is $10,000. Um, and that's, you know, and you don't really get any revisions. And I thought, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Well, I can't do that. I can't afford that. <laughs> so I remember I was talking with um, with a friend of mine, Colleen Wilcox, who was the former superintendent of Santa Clara County um, Schools. And she had illustrated a book before. She was in kind of the that industry. And her recommendation was to find someone who was younger, kind of up and coming, and who would be willing to maybe take a very small um, payment up front with potential royalties down the road. So, um, so I did, I found someone, her name was Amalia Hillman and she, you know, I gave her a kind of a small, small amount and, and she, they also wanted something in her portfolio. And so then the whole process of like, what's the style going to be like, right? Because, you know, there's the words, but how do you, so, I mean, we went through and she actually played around with different styles and thinking about what's going to stand out on a bookshelf. So the, the illustration style was she literally cut um, like construction paper, cut it out, layered it, glued it, layered it on top of each other, and then painted on top of that and took photos. So it's got a little bit of a kind of 3D quality to it. Um, and then it was then the publishing company essentially, you know, laid it out page by page based on the illustrations and the words. And then um, and then it was, you know, then we got kind of a prototype made some edits to it, had to get testimonials, right? Like on the back, you know, testimonials from real people who, <laughs> you know, oh, so such a great, what do, what do we get here? Like every author yeah. does. Oh, a must for any home or school library, creative, captivating, fun and unique. So got the, the testimonials there. And then, um, and then what, I think the biggest value add that, that Balcony 7, the publishing company did, in my opinion, was that they they were able to actually help with the distribution. So, uh -huh. you know, so they once it was printed, they printed it, they paid for the printing of it and then just distributed it to, um, you know, bookstores and Barnes and Noble. And, you know, I mean, it was like it was it was out there. And I, I remember walking into Hickleby's in in downtown Willow Glen and walking in and like grabbing the book off the bookshelf. And just like my hands were shaking, <laughs> just like he, it's a real thing and it's in my hands and it's, it's, it's real. So I think 
the process from when, you know, I, we first started the conversation, like right rewriting and all that to, to it being produced was probably uh, maybe nine months or so plus or minus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wow. All little, right. A little fuzzy. Okay. So you've written this book um, and now you're ready to write a second book. Uh, tell us how that came about. So it was always my intention to write the sort of girl companion to little boy soup, which I called little girl tea. So, so the concept of little boy soup is, you know, it's this father giving his son a bath and playing with the toys and cleaning him at the same time. And so the idea of little girl tea is a dad giving his daughter a bath and having a tea party and, you know, bringing in toys and, you know, and, and things like that. So I, again, I wrote, wrote that book. I mean, had it, and it was intended for a slightly older audience and was actually in negotiations and contract um, with Balcony 7 and then got the call from them and said, hey, bad news, we're going out of business. <laughs> and I said, all right, well, I hope it wasn't <laughs> because of me. <laughs> he said no, but, you know, I guess we'll no. we'll never know for sure. No. There's there's never one author that's responsible <laughs> for a publisher going down. Right. right. Uh, okay, so... When Balcony 7 went out of business, what happened to your rights as the author? Yeah. So I acquired the rights, the publishing rights. So I acquired the publishing rights to the book. Um, and I purchased all of the books that were in their warehouse. So I think it was, I don't know, 150 books. Um, I had the option to purchase the uh, the art, you know, so the, the sort of... I don't know if it was like an illustrator file or something. And I didn't because I had already put in a lot of money into it. <laughs> and, you know, after paying the illustrator, after buying little tchotchkes and swag items to give away at events and buying all the books, I mean, I, I was way into the hole already. And so, um, and even, you know, even, and I think we sold, I don't know, three, 400 copies, which is, is pretty good. But you know, when you're making like pennies on that. <laughs> so I just, at the time I was like, I, I just don't have the funds and the means to be able to buy it. So I have the publishing rights and if I wanted to publish it again, I could, but I, I would have to, I think, re design it or re illustrate it. Really? That's, I, that's my guess. I haven't really looked into it. Um, because I still have a lot of books left and, you know, and, and, and then my intention was, well, I, I want to publish little girl T and, um, you know, what I realized through the process is part of what I think was so cool about this was, you know, I look at this almost as a, um, I don't know about a, a gift, but kind of this, it's like a, a sacred connection between me and my son, Ryan, right? Like this represents this really cool connection that he and I had. And then I felt like little girl T was the same thing for my daughter, Haley. So, you know, I, I didn't want to self publish because I'm not really in it. It's not really for the money and it's a very costly time intensive process. So, um, so it's just been little girl T's just been kind of sitting there waiting for the right divine timing to, uh, to represent itself. Okay. All right. We're going to take a very short break. 
and then we will come back. Great. Thank you to the Los Gatos Community Foundation for their continued support of KCAT Public Media. Because of groups like the Los Gatos Community Foundation, KCAT has been able to inspire, educate, entertain, and inform our community through the magic of television and digital media for over 38 years. Thank you. Okay, and we're back with Josh Russell. Um, also known as Son of Lloyd Russell. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So um, go ahead and continue now. You were um, you were talking about putting the book out, what you're going to do next, but you also said that uh, something else you wanted to tell us about that. Well, yeah, I just, well, number one, I wanted to share kind of a, a funny story about the first time that I read the book out loud. And and when I got the, the advanced preview copy, um, I had actually been asked to come and read it at uh, Bring Your Kids to Work Day at the Walmart corporate offices in Mountain View. So I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, great opportunity for me to read it in to live kids and see what that's like. So, you know, I had like practiced. I had my whole, my whole spiel. And um, there's this little bug in the book that kind of, is on every page. So I have this little activity when I read it to kids, it's like, Oh, help, help me come up with a name for the bug. And do you find, do you see the bug on this page? And so anyway, so I, I walk into the offices and they have it set up in the cafeteria and it's like, there's a stage and there was a big velvet chair and they had a microphone, like a lavalier microphone. And so, I mean, this legit like bean bags all on the ground. So, and so apparently all the parents like, dropped their kids off and then they all went back to work. So huh. like a ton of kids there. And so I'm like, oh man, this is, this is pretty legit. So I'm, you know, I sit down, I start, oh, everyone, oh, little boy soup. Do, do you all see the bug? See the little bug in there? Look at this. It's so cool. Anyone want to name him? So I go, okay, well, I go, I hope you like the book. And as I'm about to start, this girl goes, well, what if we don't? <laughs> I said, well, if you don't, I want you to take that thought and I want you to keep it inside your head and don't say anything. And she goes, you know, if I don't like this book, I'm going to throw my shoes at you. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 you're not. So anyway, I'm reading the book. I'm into it, right? I'm doing all my thing. And then afterwards, like, so who likes to take baths? And and I'm I'm talking and interacting with kids. And all of a sudden I look down, I see the girl whispering to kid on her left and whispering to kid on her right. And then all of a sudden I hear one, two, three. Three pairs of shoes fly up oh on stage. Oh uh, You know, I have to like duck and move out of the way. And then I just stood up and like took the mic off and <laughs> my <laughs> shoulders slumped down. And, and I, I just walked off the stage. Oh my gosh. It was like, first of all, where are the kids' parents? And then two, my first time ever reading it to kids. And they hated it so much they threw their shoes at me. So... I did not remember needless, that. <laughs> needless to say, it was a relatively traumatic first reading. But, um, but after that, it got, it got better. And I got to do, um, a 12 library tour, um, the San Jose public libraries and Los Gatos library and did a reading at Barnes and Noble. And my son and I actually flew out to Tucson and, and did a, did a reading out there. I'm tons. It was really fun. Just the, the experience of, of reading it to different kids. And, um, 
we did uh where is it uh the happy hollow happy. right the christy yamaguchi's reading adventures so i got to got to read it there i mean just and, and who was the MC? That yes, that was uh, my cousin and your cousin Lisa. Yes, yeah, yes. Lisa, Lisa Chrysler. Cr- yeah, Lisa so, Chrysler from KCAT yeah. Radio. And that was so cool, just having her introduce me and come out. I mean, she's she's the best. Okay, so uh, you got your rights back. You've got little girl T. You enlisted the help of somebody to see if we could get it, perhaps an interest uh, from a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was that and, and how well did he do? Yes. Yeah, so you're right. I, I did think that you had the potential to help act as my literary agent. And I've, I've learned there's a lot of things that you're really good at and being, being a literary agent is not among them. So, Correct. but, um, but it wasn't from a lack of care and intentions, good intentions, a lack of ability. Okay, uh, I'd like to publicly apologize to you for not getting that done. And it could still happen. Apology accepted. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, so you've now written two children's books. And by the way, you can, uh, Little Girl T is is as cute as as Little Boy Soup. But you did say you were going to get a different illustrator for this one. Yeah, you were I, just ready to move along. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Just, um, you know, I, I think it was just felt like it was the right, you know, the the experience with little little boy soup was was great. And it was a, a lot of learning opportunities around it. But, um, you know, I mean, sometimes you just sometimes it's just sort of the right time to to move on and, and find someone that that maybe, you know, you sort of click with on a different level. If somebody wanted to buy a copy of Little Boy Soup, is that a possibility? Yeah, I think that they're still on Amazon. Really? Um, yeah. And what's interesting, I'll, I'll show you, this was my one claim to fame when when Little Boy Soup first came out, which was in 2016. Uh, in the first week, and I don't know if you you probably don't remember this, but it, it did make Amazon's list of uh, the top 10 hot new releases in the children's personal hygiene category, <laughs> which, um, you know, which is one of the most sought after categories, <laughs> but it, it was, it was ranked higher at the time than Elmo's bath time, ah, which is, ah. of course has been published for like, you know, 50 years or whatever, but you know, that, I, that was the, the, that's the acclaim that little boy soup has, has achieved so far. I do remember that, but how does Amazon have copies of the book to send out? I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, people use copies and, uh, you know, so, um, and it used, I mean, it was for a long time at, at recycle books and Campbell. I, I think they've, I'm sure they've sold out. I think, of them. I think they are sold out. Yeah. So maybe we get another batch in there or something, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, you might want to do another uh, book signing. It's been a few years. It has been a few years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I'm, Probably I'm, built up some pent up demand, I would think. <laughs> Let's assume that's the case. <laughs> uh, how many books do you still have now, would yeah, you say? I probably have about uh, 30 or so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, what I've been doing is just giving them to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like, again, like I said, I didn't. I didn't do it to make money and, and certainly, you know, selling one book on occasion for 15, $20 really isn't, it feels better to just give it away yeah. than it does to sell it. 
Well, although I did fail as a literary agent, uh, I can get your book into recycle. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew I still stayed connected with you for some reason. Some reason. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you've written two children's picture books. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you aspire to write more books of some type or another? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. My my son and I, um, so Ryan and I have actually talked about writing um, a book together. And, and there's, and I mean, we haven't talked about it in a little while, but there's one of the the characters in the book is um, is called the zombie right? They're like bumblebees that are zombies. So we actually talked about writing almost, um, I don't know, like third, fourth grade kind of, you know, picture chapter book about, you know, the rise of the zombies. So that's on the table. And then your wife, my mother and I, um, are writing, uh, in the process of writing a memoir about all of the crazy, bizarre experiences that happened in the house that, you know, we grew up in. Yeah. And so that's obviously a, a totally different but that one, that one is is I think closer to being a reality than the rise of the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Although, who knows? The yeah, zombies yeah. could rise quickly for all. Of uh, we did have some some very very bizarre situations that came out of that house. It, I mean, stuff that it's like too crazy to be made up. Yeah. Well, when it's when it's done, then uh, the podcast will host you and your mother. Uh, to talk about that book because that that's going to be also fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That that'll be really cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you, this is a question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> when you wrote Little Boy Sue, mm -hmm. was Haley fine with the fact that you didn't write a book about her as of that at that yet? Yeah, that's a good question. She she probably has some kind of trauma related to it. I, I, I think so. You know, it's funny. I've never asked her, so that's probably a bad move on my part. Um, but I, I think so. And I, I think the, the um, you know, writing Little Girl T for her, even though it didn't get published, was, um, was something. And, I, and to be honest, I don't think she cared that much either way. Yeah, yeah. So... Did she seem happy that you wrote Little Girl T or not so much? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think uh, she didn't seem unhappy. I mean, she, you know, she came. I was looking through photos of some of my early, you know, book readings and she was at some of them. So uh, and I'm sure part of it was just we needed some kids in the audience to pretend to be interested. But um, no, I think I mean, she never she never expressed any you know, any feeling of being upset or disappointed. I think, yeah. I think it was just probably the age she was at when it came out that she was probably, you know, a little bit emo, relatively indifferent. You know, she would have been about 11, I guess, because you said six, 2016. 2016. Yeah. 10 or 11 or 12. Yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, you know, I think Ryan and he was what? Um, so eight, he was eight yeah. when it came out. So I think for him, it was a little bit more exciting. And, you know, he's, his photo is in the book with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, he, he and I did some book signings together where I signed it and he signed his name to it. So I think, I think, you know, it was, that was kind of a, a, a deep experience for him too. Yeah. The, 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 um, uh, the event at Happy Hollow was really cool. Yeah. 
because you know they there was also a petting zoo while, <laughs> while you were pushing the book exactly and it's funny i remember i think the coolest and i had this very specific memory where i was you know we're at the table afterwards and we're signing books and you know I'd say up to that point, most of the people that bought the books were family and friends, right? And I remember I, you know, sold a couple of books to to people I'd never met before. And I remember looking from the table across at a little grassy knoll and there was a kid, he was like this little boy, maybe, I don't know, six or seven years old, sitting on his stomach, like on the grass, just reading little boy soup. Uh, and he was totally engrossed in it. Uh, and I remember thinking, that's so cool. Wow. Right. Like it's not someone who's obligated to read it or like it, or, <laughs> um, just this random kid that was like clearly into the book. And I remember thinking like, that's, that's why you write books like this, right. To connect with people and to give them, you know, sort of help, spark their imagination and excitement. So that was a really poignant moment. And that was, that was at Happy Hollow. You know, I'll bet that every author, I've never thought about this before until you brought it up, has had some kind of experience like that. Mm -hmm. You know, even the famous authors, uh, at some point, they put out a book and somebody that they didn't know that didn't have to read it, read it and liked it. I mean, yeah. I think that is so cool. Yeah, it's it, right. It's like you just don't know who, who you touch. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And how that, how that even like just for a moment, you know what I mean? Or or dads that read that to their kids and just it's it's such a yeah. cool concept. Yeah, and it's also I think it's a storyline that is fairly unique. I mean, I'm others maybe have written books about kids taking a bath, but I mean, this is such a personal. Yeah. story because it's not only about Ryan's experiences in the bathtub it's about you and and you giving the baths and and yeah. all all the stories behind the characters yeah well and it's also there's a, a playfulness to it which um you know so like there's a part in the book where you know where the dad has got a, a water gun and he tells you know tells the son to to stick him up and he's doing that and he's squirting his son's armpits, you know, like the, <laughs> the soap away from the armpits. Right. So it's, so the idea too, was that it was, you know, not just about the toys, but about the interaction and about the playfulness, um, of, of that. Again, it's such a, it's, it's such a special time, the, the bath time, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, I have a lot of really cool memories about just bath time and playing with the kids and like, you know, them being so creative and, you know, playful and, and it's, it's, it's a cool, it's a really cool thing. And it, it, and, and again, from a dad's perspective, because again, so many books, any parent can read to their kids. It's, you know, but the idea of the dad and the son playing together and, you know, and interacting and having fun and washing and, you know, all that stuff. Like th there's a lot about to it that, that is very meaningful to me personally. And so the hope is that others can find some different connection points. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you probably don't know, or if you, of course, you know, because we've <laughs> told you, um, but when you were about a day old uh, and the nurse wanted to show us how to give you a bath, she asked me to fill up the bathtub and I put cold water in it because I had no concept of 
the fact that there should be warm water in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I firmly believe that you have given your kids better baths. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I, gave you. I don't know. That's a, that's a bit of a leap, but. <laughs> okay. All right. So the only other question I have is, I mean, I can attest to the fact totally, you know, without any prejudice whatsoever, that you're a good writer. And you've done, you've had jobs and have jobs where you have to do writing. Do you, is there, is there any writer that was a, a mentor or somebody that, that you, that you kind of patterned your writing after or took, took some of the mm. lessons from the writing that helped you write? Well, let's see. I, I think, I mean, for me, when I write the, the children's books that I've written, um, they're, they're rhyming. And I think number one, I, to me, it's more fun to read a children's book that rhymes when it's a, a younger children's book, uh -huh. because I like the, the, I guess the kind of the, the sing songiness, you know, the tempo of it. I think it makes it kind of fun, more fun to read that. And so you know, I think about Shel Silverstein is probably the one that I think as a kid, yeah. I just remember loving you know, loving those. And I mean, essentially a children's book like this is kind of like a poem. You know what I mean? It's just a poem cut up in spread across multiple pages. Yeah. So I think that's probably the one that I, that I think about that probably was the closest to like, Oh man, that's like the, the legend. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. And Shel Silverstein's the giving tree uh, was the first children's book we ever bought mm. and it was and you were you weren't even conceived yet ah. bought it like a year or two before you were even born really yeah yeah i mean oh. it'll always stand out as being the very first children's book we got so you bought a children's book before you knew you were gonna have children yeah no oh. we knew we were gonna have children oh. we just hadn't yeah 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 you can <laughs> okay yep got it thank you okay all right uh I'm going to end our, our show with <laughs> Please <some do>. trivia. <laughs> Please do. And see if we can redirect the, the audience. Good idea. Okay. Uh, a few pieces of trivia here. Prior to World War II, teenagers were not considered a social demographic and there were no books being published with the teen in mind. That changed in 1942 when 17th Summer by Maureen Daly was released. The book is about first love. It is considered to be the first true novel specifically aimed at teens. The term young adult was coined by the Young Adult Library Services Association in the 1960s to describe the 12 to 18 age range and the literature of the time focused on mature and realistic themes for this group. I would have never known when this all started. Hmm. Okay, two of the most famous spoken words and literary sentences of all time are me Tarzan you Jane mm -hmm. and elementary my dear Watson they never appeared in the books oh interesting <laughs> uh, and J.K. Rowling obviously the author of the Harry Potter series of books is the first author to gross a billion dollars for her books Harry Potter has sold over 400 million copies around the world and has been published in 55 languages. Jeez. Rowling is also one of only five women to become self-made billionaires. Man. All right, so we'll end it on a billionaire. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, 
obviously, this was enormous fun for me. Thank you for all the stories and even some of the things you said I didn't remember or maybe didn't even know. So the behind the scenes stuff was was priceless. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to share and to, to see you in action, which is <laughs> really, really fun. OK, good deal. All right, guys. Thanks again to KCAT for uh, hosting. Uh, and uh, you'll get a chance to listen to it uh, or see it at some point. You'll find out. We'll let you know when. And uh, that's it for now. Thanks, guys. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio.